Welcome to Women's Health, Wisdom, and Wine, a weekly conversation with practitioners, providers, patients, and healers about complex reproductive medicine and women's health challenges, the value of an integrative approach to these challenges, many of the women's health topics you're already thinking about but uncomfortable talking about, and my personal favorite, wine. I'm your host, Dr. Lorena White, an integrative reproductive medicine and women's health provider, licensed acupuncturist, clinical herbalist, and a former labor support doula in the Washington, D.C. metro area. My goal is to bring women's health-specific evidence and expertise to the forefront of daily women's health and wellness news through informative conversations. If you have ideas, questions, and specific topics that you would like us to cover in future podcast episodes, please leave them in the comment section or send us an email at info at To learn more about our team's approach to care, visit our website at www.larenawhite.com. As you enjoy the podcast, conversations, and wine time, remember to follow the podcast, leave a five-star rating, and tap on the bell to make sure you never miss an episode. Let us know what is your favorite topic, who has been your favorite guest, and who would you like to hear from on the next pod. Most importantly, share the podcast and your favorite episode with a friend or colleague. Lastly, remember that this podcast is not designed to be a substitute for a bona fide relationship with a licensed or certified healthcare professional. Coming up, I talk with Marion Stewart about the midlife refuel, Mother Nature's estrogen, and the natural menopause solution. We'll join the conversation after a brief word from our partner. Maintaining your strength and a healthy heart as you age helps promote healthy living and hence quality of life for all people as they age. To help prevent the natural decline of muscle and heart function, it's important to make sure you're getting the nutrition your body needs, and not just any nutrition, but science-backed nutrition, like life, by the AminoCo. You can take AminoCo's life formula as part of your normal routine to help maintain muscle mass as you age, maintain good heart health, and increase longevity as you age. AminoCo's Life is a patented blend of essential amino acids that works to improve quality of life and lengthen total lifespan so you can stay healthy and active as you age. Life has been shown in clinical trials to clinically improve blood lipid profiles by significantly reducing triglycerides, LDL, VLDL, and total cholesterol. This product has also improved physical function in patients with heart failure, and they had the science to back it up. Life is 100% science-backed, and it is designed for heart health and active aging, which are crucial for total lifespan. So why Aminoco? Life works by triggering muscle protein synthesis, which is the body's mechanism for repairing and building muscle. When tested against any protein source, life is more than three times more effective on a gram-for-gram basis at stimulating muscle growth and repair. I know just how important it is for my quality of life and staying healthy as I age. You can check out their science by visiting aminoco.com backslash LW30. I've been on the lookout for something that could help me support healthy blood flow and help preserve heart strength and function while also helping me maintain healthy triglyceride and LDL cholesterol levels. Furthermore, something that tastes great and is easy to incorporate into my daily routine. What's even better is that Aminoco's Perform was created by former Harvard professor and well-renowned clinical researcher, Dr. Robert Wolf. If you're looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to maintaining muscle mass and cardiovascular health as you age, I recommend you give life a try. And right now, you can get 30% off when you visit aminoco.com backslash LW30. That's the letters L, W, and the numbers 30. Again, right now, you can get 30% off LW30 when you visit aminoco.com backslash LW30. That's the letters L, W, and the numbers three, zero. Menopause affects millions of women every year. Menopause, like monarchy, is a natural life cycle transition. During the year in which menopause begins, Ovaries shrink in size and stop producing estrogen. In addition, eggs will no longer be released from a woman's ovaries. The postmenopausal stage comes after a woman has gone through a 12-month period without menstruating. 
Once this occurs, a woman is considered postmenopausal. Today, we're chatting with Marion Stewart, who is known as the pioneer of the natural menopause movement. She and her team help women understand and manage their menopause symptoms without hormones. Marion, please introduce yourself and tell us more about natural menopause and how it became your crusade and campaign. Well, uh, yes, I've been around a long time and uh, I've been helping. My team and I probably helped hundreds of thousands of women around the world to manage their PMS and menopause and in probably over almost three decades. So long time. And we've had a lot of amazing success. And it all happened in the beginning because I was in a situation where I was given 10,000 medical papers on the non-drug approach to health in general. So my ex-husband, who's a doctor, and three other doctors in the UK were setting up the British Society for Nutritional Medicine. And I was on maternity leave and they gave me those papers to sort into conditions. Uh, they didn't think I had much to do. I was just at home with two little babies um, and feeding. Uh, but anyway, I found 200 papers on PMS. And I was so amazed that they even existed because like most women, I just thought it was drugs or hormones for PMS that we put together a program for my husband's clinic. And then a local journalist eventually came along and heard what we were doing and said, could she write about it? And that was literally the end of life as I knew it, because we had sacks and sacks of posts arriving every day. It was before emails even. And the, eventually the postmaster came from the local post office in his three-piece suit saying, what is going on here? Why are all these sacks of mail constantly arriving? But it was just, they were literally thousands and thousands of women who felt that they, they described themselves as Jekyll and Hyde. They were totally mm. overwhelmed by their hormones. And so we established a program for women with PMS and that went on for many years. And then in the early 90s, there were publications on um, how you can manage menopause naturally, mm-hmm. even bringing about same changes in the lining of the vagina or similar changes that you'd have expected with women using hormone replacement therapy. Mm-hmm. And so we tweaked our PMS program and turned it into a menopause program. And I guess I'm, I'm motivated by a sense of injustice because I hate seeing women suffer needlessly and mm-hmm. doctors are not educated. The Mayo Clinic survey in 2019 in the US showed that only 7% of doctors and gynecologists feel adequately educated to help women going through menopause. And that is Mm. a crying shame. Women are literally bowled over by their hormones. About a quarter of them are leaving the workplace because they don't feel they can be up to the task anymore, which is a crazy situation at a time when we're meant to work much longer. And we're left in this terrible state, not able to manage our lives, our relationships, or any aspect of living, feeling like a shadow of our former selves. Um, It pains me greatly because we know that women don't need to suffer. They can actually learn to have what we call a midlife refuel and get back to feeling better than they can remember. That's my story. Yeah, I love it. So I know it's a great story. And I love how you made that pivot using some of the same foundational principles from PMS to menopause on both sides of a woman's life cycle and all through. But why do you feel such a large number of women feel so unprepared for menopause? Well, interestingly, in our last survey on 1100 women, 96% of them said they feel unprepared and two thirds of them feel robbed of life as they knew it. So as Mm. baby girls, we're born with millions of eggs but we literally have no roadmap. We're told about our periods for the most part, and that's it. We don't learn about the changing needs in our body, even how to have a grow a good baby with preconception. You know, the health of the egg and the sperm, 100 days prior to conception, make a healthy baby, not just in babyhood, but in the whole of its life, and even determine how long it lives and what it lives, which conditions it gets. You know, those are kind of really important things that women need to know. We need to know how to manage things like period pain, PMS, endometriosis, and all of that. And then you get to perimenopause, which is the eight years leading up to menopause. So women go into that in their 40s, not having a clue that most of them haven't even heard of the term perimenopause. They don't know what's going on in their body. And that's the whole thing. It's total ignorance. It's not that they don't want to know. It's just that there isn't enough science-based information out there to help them to navigate these hormonal events in their lives. And that's why they get to perimenopause and menopause. They feel like a shadow of their former selves. They feel like it's the end of life as they knew it. And they are scared stiff. 
They don't want to have conversations about it. They don't want to let their partner know, their boss know, even their friends know because they're ashamed and frightened. Yeah. And I think there's, you hit a couple of nails on the head when you talked about just no, no preparation and there's just no consistent uh, advice or counsel out there that is giving really tried and true information, but rather kind of quick fixes or symptom chasing um, remedies that aren't really addressing. And they're happening in the moment versus kind of pre- that preparation beforehand and really underdressing, un- underlying the uh, addressing the underlying condition of the root uh, problem. So you mentioned the stages. So let's talk about the actual stages, the ages and the symptoms associated with menopause, beginning with early menopause, both primary and secondary types. Talk to us yeah, about those, so, um, so, well, the early women, menopause. Yeah, some women have a hysterectomy, which is that means that they're either their ovaries or uh, their uterus and their ovaries be removed mm-hmm. so that they can go into a sudden menopause and that can happen at any age right. and then you've got early menopause which is pretty much premature ovarian failure mm-hmm. that happens to some women in their 30s right and then there's perimenopause that starts in your early 40s leading up to menopause which is the average age is 51 and the menopause is actually just one day, believe it or not. It's the right. anniversary of your last period. Um, and then you're postmenopausal for the rest of your life. And your rest, the rest of your life didn't used to be a long time. Right. Because we didn't live much past 50, 100 years or so ago. <laughs> but now we're living till 80, 90, even 100. We've got almost half our life to go. And it becomes really important because after menopause, again, what women don't know, and I can tell you this for sure, because I remember being at the theatre at Menopause the Musical in Australia and mm-hmm. at a book signing. And I was in the foyer for five days or five evenings listening to women filing past me, having conversations. And I heard them saying, I've been there, done that and got the T-shirt. And none of them had any concept of the fact that after menopause, they are much more predisposed to things like osteoporosis, the bone thinning disease, heart disease and dementia. We yeah. can lose 20% of our bone mass around the time of menopause. We can be, we can actually get osteoporosis and about 20% of women die from hip fractures. Yeah. They don't recover. With heart disease, before menopause, we're less likely to have a heart attack than a man. After menopause, we're more likely to. And 50% of women actually die from their first heart attack. It's just awful. And then dementia, where that robs you of your personality and life as you knew it. But the research shows that you can prevent all those things. Yeah. And so it's vital that women actually come to understand how to meet their needs at midlife and beyond and how to stay in the driving seat so that they can hold on to their well-being for so much longer and live their best lives rather than just curling up in a ball and really being scared. I, I spoke to a, a patient, in fact, yesterday on the, on the um, in Zoom just during her consultation. She's just coming into perimenopause. She's got wicked PMS. And she said to me, I'm so scared about what the future holds. I can't mm-hmm. cope and I can't contemplate it getting even worse than this. It's an awful thing. And I know that in six or eight weeks' time, she's going to be symptom-free. Mm-hmm. But if she hadn't met me, I don't right. know. Right. <laughs> you know, and that's ridiculous. Right. Absolutely. And because these conversations and these personalized conversations, because, again, we'll talk a little bit later about symptoms, but they're not the same for everyone. And the manifestations don't look the same. They're not at the same age. And they're going to differ for each woman and not having that, being able to have a conversation with someone who can truly guide you through that, you know, these phases and these stages and recognizing them for what they are yeah. um, is a big part of this. And it's a part of the preparation, but it's also the handholding that, again, at some point in time, it's necessary so, so that you can recognize it for what it is and not brushing it off like it's something else. And then it kind of hits you like a brick wall when you're already in the midst of it and unprepared. Yeah, and some women, I mean, some lucky women don't get symptoms, but that doesn't right. mean that they don't need to prevent things in the long term. But Absolutely. others at the other end of the spectrum are so in such a bad way. I've had patients, one of my patients in England, she was sectioned in a mental hospital. That means that 
she signed in there and she can't get out. She wow. was in there three times. The first time for, I think it was seven or nine months, the second time four or five months, and, and the third time the same. And she kept telling them that she felt that it was to do with her menopause. They just medicated her up to the hilt. Within about six weeks of coming on my program, her symptoms just went. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just one example. I've had patients who, one, I remember one lady who went to Australia on holiday for four weeks. She was taken to the emergency room five times in an ambulance in four weeks because they thought she was having a heart attack. Right. And it turned out to be palpitations associated with menopause. Mm-hmm. And again, once we sorted her out and got her to have her midlife refuel, she never had another one. Yeah. You know, last week I was talking to the, I'm doing a TV show at the moment. I was talking to one of the crew who I've recently helped with her symptoms. And she's Mm -hmm. had, for two years, she's had a UTI. So she's had constant cystitis. And she came on my program six weeks ago, maybe. She told me, or, or maybe, yeah, six or eight weeks ago. And I saw her the other day and she said, I haven't had a UTI for six weeks. And I feel brilliant. You know, I feel like all my symptoms are gone. I feel amazing. She has a right to that knowledge and information. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. not right that women are left in the dark. Right, right. And sometimes misguided to things that aren't even necessary in an effort to fuel some other type of, you know, adjacent or, you know, agenda that's not really patient-centered. And so as you were talking about, you know, that early menopause and the next stage is that, you know, the perimenopause, and women, and like you mentioned, even providers often discuss perimenopause in such an, a general sense, like obtuse and gray and just without being able to really discuss it in a clear, concise way. What are some of the first signs of perimenopause that women should be aware of? And again, you mentioned the age range before, but what age range does that include? Well, perimenopause, because it's eight years leading up to menopause and the average age of menopause is 51. So you're talking about 42, 43 starting Mm -hmm. to see changes. And actually, our bone mass reaches its peak by the time we get to 35. So there are changes going on in our body as early as that. If you suffer with PMS, you'll know what I mean when I say it feels like you've got PMS for more days a month. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that you can notice. And you might also notice that your period's changing a bit. Instead of being completely regular as clockwork, it may become irregular. So it may be more frequent or less frequent. You may have lighter bleeding or you may have very heavy bleeding. There are changes going on in your body and you can't quite understand why you've got those changes. So they're the kind of key things. Then you start feeling a bit warm (laughs) occasionally and you think, is it me or is it hot in here? And, you know, that kind of thing. Your personal climate zone. (laughs) And you may may be... um, your libido could go, you may feel more tired than usual, and you may just be feeling a bit flat, so mood-wise, or you may be more aggressive, but that's kind of like the PMS symptoms I was talking about. Right, and I think you hit a, like, you know, most women will never think 42, 43, that they're like anywhere, anywhere near close to menopause. And the truth is they're not, but the symptomatology, the warning signs, the kind of the runway before liftoff to to menopause, so to speak, is already occurring. And it's just, you know, some of those symptoms are so subtle that they can be, you know, seen as one-offs or seen as just isolated incidents when they're actually a lead up in terms of, okay, pay attention. This is, you know, this is happening. We're on our way. And that's the time to be more mindful. Yeah. Julie, for example, in my team who came to work with me five and a half years ago, she was perimenopausal. She'd never heard the term, but she, mm. and she hadn't slept for more than two hours at a stretch for two years in the night. And mm. she came on my first six weeks program because we, I, I, it used to be a five month program. And I made four films for Facebook after I'd been out of the health industry for a while. I was running foundation in memory of my daughter. And when I came back after six years, I didn't really know where to start. I didn't have my TV show anymore. I didn't have my newspaper columns and I was I hadn't done social media during the six years I was running the foundation so I met a, I'd married my lovely American husband by then and I was in Florida and I got introduced to a film producer because I'd made lots of films for my tv and for the foundation to tell stories and I thought well I'll make some films on women's health 
So I went and to, this film producer just happened to be running a Facebook live course the next day and invited me to go on it. And I did. And I made these ridiculous quality films on my phone, which are actually pretty embarrassing. But I put them up on, on Facebook. And within 12 weeks, over a million women saw the four little films I made during that two weeks. Wow. And I was inundated. It was like the early days with the sacks of mail on PMS, except this time, obviously, it was emails. And I felt, I just felt aggrieved that 20 plus years after I started helping women going through menopause, here these women are still suffering appallingly and no one's telling them about the solutions. And so that was why we took the science from my five-month program because everything we do is based on published research and we turned it into six bite-sized modules so we could teach women what the science shows and how you can manage your symptoms going through this transition, not even dreaming at that point that even in six weeks, we'd be turning most of their lives around. It's such a powerful thing to make dietary and lifestyle changes when you know what you're doing. So that's what gets us out of bed every day because this has such a profound effect on women and it helps them to stay in the driving seat so that they can be the wise people that they've collected all this wisdom over the years. They need to put it to good use and keep going on their career path or whatever they they happen to be doing in their life, they need to be able to do it and do it well, rather than feeling that they are completely overwhelmed by symptoms and therefore can't function. Absolutely. And as we talk about symptoms, again, we're talking about aching joints, vaginal dryness, lack of libido, brain fog, anxiety, hot flashes, mood swings, constipation, depression, insomnia, and headaches. And when menopause and like that midlife mayhem descends, it may not be uncommon to feel like, you know, you've been possessed as life as you know, it seems to be but a distant memory. And hormones are beginning to take the wheel and you're beginning to white knuckle in the passenger seat. So with this constellation of symptoms, it's no wonder that women are looking for an escape hatch. So- However, sadly, the conventional medicine, you know, system dramatically over-medicalizes menopause. Why is that? Well, actually, I was doing an interview with a doctor last week, this time last week, and we were talking about this. And I suddenly remembered my first book I ever wrote on PMS. I was looking around for a quote, and I found this quote from Maimonides from centuries ago, saying that anything that could be treated naturally should be treated with dietary means. Mm, okay. Say that now Say that, that part again. Way, I think that's so important. Way say that again. <laughs> he said that anything that could be treated by natural means, including dietary changes, should be. And that was mm-hmm. centuries before the advent of the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah. So now you the enter the pharmaceutical industry, which is what trains doctors, basically, because it's the pharmaceutical funding that Mm -hmm. does all the postgraduate training. And they've got a great deal to gain by making this a medical festival, Mm. so that women need hormones and women need antidepressants. We found in our survey on 1,100 women not that long ago that 37% of women were given antidepressants for menopause. 84% said they didn't feel it was appropriate because they didn't have clinical depression. Mm. And 41% were given hormone replacement therapy, 14% didn't take it because they were too scared. And of the ones who did, 62% came off in the first year because of adverse side effects. And they weren't then given anything else because although everything we do is based on published medical research, most of the doctors don't know about it. I remember going to a wedding a few years ago and um, I, my husband wasn't there because he, he wasn't well. And I was sat next to a doctor and his wife and we got talking, obviously, as you do. And I was talking, he asked me what I did. And I was talking about menopause and nutritional deficiencies. And he said, you know what, if someone told me they came in and told me they had a zinc deficiency, I wouldn't know what to do about it. He said, I haven't got a clue. We get absolutely no education about nutrition whatsoever, which I find very frustrating, because I know it's important. Absolutely. And especially when there are deficiencies that have accumulated over time, and 
it's very easy to just want to give a supplement or give this, but it's also about, you know, using food as medicine and using medicine as food. And when you said if this can be addressed with natural means, then it should be versus introducing a whole lot of other things that may have potential side effects or interfere with other bodily functions that aren't, that don't need to be compromised just to treat or in the, you know, in the advent of treating something else. I know. I mean, I mean, things like, for example, I mean, the number of people as they get older that get elevated levels of cholesterol mm-hmm. and the doctors are so happy to write prescriptions <laughs> for, you know, statins, for example. Yeah. Well, one of the side effects of statins is it can cause bone loss. So if you've already got bone loss and osteoporosis, taking mm-hmm. statins, and most people don't even realize that. And there are lots of foods that you can consume that will lower your cholesterol levels yes. and having a healthy lifestyle and doing some exercise and all, all of those things are going to help you to be in better shape. But no one yeah. is teaching us. And that is, as far as I'm concerned, it's an atrocity. Yeah. And it's and it's a it's kind of a two way street in that we're conditioned that the answer has to come now. It has to come sooner rather than later. And we don't have to put a lot of we shouldn't have to put a lot of effort into that solution. So it comes in the form of a pill, a surgery, a painkiller, but yet it's only masking, you know, and suppressing yes. that the, the symptom. It's not going away. It's not solving the problem. It's not addressing the problem. But it's making that symptom go away temporarily because sooner or later it's going to need to. Yeah, if you're lucky. (laughs) And if it doesn't cause other symptoms along the way. Right. And then now you're on a cocktail because you're taking one pill to deal with the side effects of the second and the third and the fourth. Pretty soon you don't even know what you're taking and why. And some of those are canceling each other out just because of their, you know, you know, uh, activity that's, you know, working against each other. So as we move to. The last stage, the postmenopausal stage, which brings about the cessation of menstruation, um, can also bring with it an increase in other risks for other health conditions like coronary artery disease, congestive heart failure, and osteoporosis, and even dementia, like you mentioned before. So let's talk about those nuances of this stage. Well, the basic thing is, it sounds terrible, doesn't it? It sounds very depressing. But actually, if you know there's a solution it's much more hopeful. And the fact is that what's happening in our body is we have, during our menstruating years, we have little estrogen receptors in our cells, a bit like a ping pong ball. And they have a space, a bit like a space for a key in a lock. Mm -hmm. And when you've got circulating estrogen, estradiol, it pops into that space, seals it off and keeps everything ticking over in your body so that you make new bone cells, you make the mucus in your vagina, your skin, your hair, your nails feel good, your temperature's normal, and so on. But when your ovaries retire, those receptor sites are empty. And the brain doesn't get that, because don't forget, we weren't living much past 50. So the brain Mm -hmm. is trying to busily kickstart your ovaries back into function, sending all these thermal surges through our bodies, which we know as hot flushes and night sweats, trying to get the ovaries to work again. Well, that's never going to happen. And so what we tend to do is teach women how to satisfy the receptor sites naturally so that they can actually turn off the symptoms. And that's the key thing, because when you fool your brain into thinking you've got normal circulating estrogen, guess what? The factory lights go back on Mm -hmm. and then you start producing new bone, new bone cells. And so instead of losing bone, because before menopause, we're making about 3% new bone each year, but we're losing 3%. So we stay in pretty much even balance. Right. After menopause, we can lose 20% of our bone mass, which puts us in a really depleted state. And I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of osteoporosis, but it looks like honeycomb with Mm -hmm. great big holes in it. Right. And obviously, if you fall over, you're much more likely to break your bones. So learning how to be... Uh, to to have good balance, to stay strong is important, but also learning how to consume a good level of nutrients and also the mother nature's estrogen is really important because it helps to make new bone cells. So that's just one of the things. When you consume mother nature's estrogen as well, it protects you from having a heart attack. There's been plenty of research done on that. And then on um, your mind and your memory, 
Again, Mother Nature's estrogen has been shown to improve both short and long-term memory and cognitive function, even in the space of 12 weeks. So keeping yourself in good shape, learning how to meet your needs, having this midlife refuel, and then finding a regime that works for you in the long term is actually going to keep you in the driving seat so that you do not go down the rabbit hole and become a victim and get one of these awful conditions that really makes you feel like you're in God's waiting room. Do you know, if wow. you've got heart disease and you're likely to have a heart attack or your bones are so brittle, you're scared you're going to fall over and fracture your hip. Yeah. Or you may, I mean, some women come in and they say to me, I think I've got early dementia. We had one patient who I met at a menopause conference because she was the co-author of a government medical paper on menopause in the workplace. And she told me that she thought she had early dementia because her parents both had. And she was struggling in the workplace because when she was giving a talk, she couldn't remember what she was saying. Right. She couldn't even remember her colleagues' names sometimes. And so she was scared and thought she'd have to leave. She had a whole raft of other symptoms as well, like constipation, depression, fatigue. She had spots on her face for the first time in her life. And so I said, come on our program, which she did. Within the space of a couple of months, all her symptoms went. Her gut was working. Her skin was clear. She had energy. Her memory was back to being clear again. And eventually, instead of leaving the workplace, she became head of department at her university. And so she's obviously there, very passionate about what happened to her and also helping to do more research to enlighten other women and the medical profession about what we can do to improve our well-being during these mature years. So, you know, stories like that just make me compelled to carry on. And they also make me angry because if she again hadn't met me, I don't know what would have happened to her. And nor does she. You know, she says she would have just bombed out as many other women do and become invisible. Yeah. And a shell of herself. Exactly. Yeah. So before we delve into the natural menopause solution officially, we also need to discuss the alternatives, mainly HRT, hormone replacement therapy. It means that estrogen, estrogen only or the combined type is a treatment used in conventional medicine that aims to combat the symptoms caused after a woman reaches menopause. So give us your thoughts on HRT, the pros, the cons, the risks, the benefits, and also the side effects. Okay, so I must start this off by saying I'm not an expert on HRT. Okay. However, obviously, I've been around the block a long time. And um, in my last book, or book before last, I did have a chapter on menopause, on HRT, which was written not by me, but it was written by two experts, one in the US and one in the UK, uh, really very senior experts. And Mm -hmm. what we did between the three of us, we tried to interpret what the research really meant. And it was really hard for us to do that, even as three professionals. Mm. There are some better products than others. And some products, like some of the bioidentical hormones, for example, the FDA actually banned. So that, you know, there's a whole spectrum of products available out there. Some are patches, some are pills, and some are creams. It's very variable. Um, Some women want to take it because they're looking for a magic bullet, and it works for them. However, in my experience, that's a very small percentage. As I said, a lot of women get side effects. They even put weight on. We found that women gained 18 pounds in the first year on HRT, which isn't great when you're putting weight on anyway. Um, And that doesn't do much for your self-esteem. So we, and there are lots of women who can't take hormone replacement therapy. So for example, if you've got a history of breast cancer in your family or blood clots or migraine headaches, you're not really a candidate at all. So there needs to be an alternative. But for those women who want to take it, can take it and do well on it, they can come on our program and they can get their nutrients back into an optimum range because HRT is not going to influence your nutrient levels. And part of what's going on in our body is that our research showed, and we did five separate studies that were published, plus since then there have been studies showing that billions of women have got nutritional deficiencies. Very often we found magnesium, B vitamins, calcium, iron, zinc, essential fatty acids, and so on, also all in short supply. 
and affecting our brain chemistry and our hormone function. So you're never going to feel energized, healthy and normal if you've got low levels of nutrients, even if you're taking HRT. So that's probably what I'd say. If someone wants to take HRT, then of course, go and find a qualified provider who can give you their best wisdom on it and try it and see. But in my experience on the 28 years I've been helping women going through menopause, we never use HRT. The women overcome their symptoms very quickly. And the research shows that we can prevent things, as I said, like heart disease, osteoporosis and dementia. So we don't need to use synthetic or bioidentical hormones. We can do it naturally. And Mother Nature gives us the wonderful tools to be able to do that. Right on, sister. I'm right there with you. <laughs> so some women, um, despite you know the options, choose not to treat their menopausal symptoms as they age. As long as health is continually monitored, is this a viable choice for some women? If they've got no symptoms, I think in a way it's sad because they never come to the party to learn to meet their needs. And even mm. if they have symptoms, they're still going to be predisposed to osteoporosis, heart disease and dementia after menopause. So in a way, I think it's important that every single woman learns how to have a midlife refuel in her 40s. And doing nothing is going to probably put you at risk in the long term. If you've got an extremely good diet and no nutritional deficiencies, which is highly unlikely for most women, and you're exercising and you're meditating and you're doing all the healthy things, you might be able to get away with it. Right. But I'd say that that's 5% of women. Yeah, if that, I I think in this stage, it's probably less than 5%. Exactly, I'm being kind. (laughs) (laughs) So now talk to us about the details of the natural menopause solution, including the aspects of diet, exercise, relaxation, and even supplementation. Yeah, so uh, I'd say we've got really five tried and tested ways of managing menopause naturally, again, all based on published science. So the first thing we're trying to do is teach women how to get their nutrients back into an optimum range. But first of all, we're looking at how do you identify nutritional deficiencies? Mother Mm -hmm. Nature, in her wisdom, helps us because they show up in our skin, hair and nails very often. So, for example, if you've got cracking at the corner of your mouth, red patches Mm -hmm. at the side of your nose, you've got um, dry skin, oily skin, your hair's dry, brittle, falling out, your nails are splitting and peeling and cracking, you've got pimples on your upper arms or thighs, All of those things mean something. You may have ulcers in your mouth, sore tongue. It means that you've got certain deficiencies. So we teach women how to look out for those and then to correct them. And you can't sometimes just do it with food, unfortunately, in the first instance. You may need to take some science-based supplements as well. So Mm -hmm. the second part of the plan is to... The third part is the supplements. The second part is to... Improve your diet by including Mother Nature's estrogen. Mm -hmm. So we're giving you ways to have wholesome food. And it doesn't have to be cooking a lot. You can do fast options, but they're healthy fast options. In fact, you don't even have to cook at all. I'm doing a segment for my TV series next Tuesday, and I was planning out the menu today. And it's all fast stuff that doesn't involve any cooking for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, and it's all healthy. Good. So you, you can do that. But you need to include, because the receptor sites are empty with, and they've got no estrogen anymore, we need to include Mother Nature's estrogen little and often. So we teach women about foods rich in naturally occurring estrogen and how they consume them little and often so that they can fool their brain into thinking there's normal circulating estrogen again. And right. um, then the third part is taking science-based supplements. And there are supplement industries not regulated, so it's a bit of a minefield, but there are some good supplements out there that have been through properly conducted clinical trials and been shown to be safe and effective. So we use those depending on the symptom set. Then comes exercise. And it's not necessarily running a marathon. If you haven't been exercising, it can just be literally getting out of the chair and doing some dancing. Um, I'm just, yesterday I went and had a session with a dance teacher who's a ballet rock she calls herself ballet rock chick and Mm. she's coming to help with the tv just to help women get out of their chairs and start stretching and doing a bit of dance so you can just put your favorite music on and go for it um obviously go walking in nature if you can if the weather's good enough and just make sure that you're moving because that helps to 
not just release the endorphins, those feel-good hormones in your body, but it also helps to speed up your metabolism. That's the metabolic rate, the rate at which your body ticks over. And when your metabolism slows down, you start piling on the pounds. So right. you need to speed it up again so you burn up the fat. And obviously it keeps your joints healthy and supple if you're moving as well. So that's the next part. And then finally doing some formal relaxation because relaxation counts for so much. And that doesn't mean just watching TV. It right. means doing some meditation, guided meditation right. or meditation you do at the end of a yoga session. And you need to do at least 20 minutes a day. And the research shows you can reduce your hot flushes and night sweats by 50 to 60% just by doing that. And also these days when we're so stressed and we've got elevated cortisol, our stress hormone, because there's so many strange things going on in the world at the moment, right. we need to bring our cortisol down because it, it burns out the neural connections in our brain. So while we're doing that relaxation, that's a way of lowering cortisol as well. So it's a good thing to do. So they're the main things. And then obviously we're looking particularly at bone health. Mm -hmm. um, in the US, we're really lucky to have OsteoStrong, which is a, a, a method of creating new bone mass it's a, a bone loading system um, over and above diet and exercise and supplements but there are science shows that there's some wonderful biohacks for all sorts of things and I'm kind of really enjoying f trying them out and learning about the science and there's just going to be more as we go on helping us to magically feel well without having to put in too much effort so it's, it's not I think mean, you get into a habit with this it's not a a life sentence when you have to change your diet. It's not like going on a weight loss diet where you feel denied. It's right, actually right. a really enjoyable way of eating. And if you like cooking, in my latest book, Manager Menopause, actually I've got loads of recipes and menus, and but I've also got fast options and shopping lists for so that you can have shortcuts and you don't have to spend hours in the kitchen. And as you said, everybody goes through this in a different way. They've got different, they're in a different situation. Some are taking medication, some aren't. And some like cooking, some hate it. And, it, you know, it's finding out what works for you. Right. And that's sometimes where that one-on-one -on -one interface comes into play, where there are so many options. And there's, sometimes it can be overwhelming and some because there's so many options and they aren't tailored to the individual. You may be doing something that, you know, could be harmful or something that you're not really getting the maximum benefit from but you're doing it. So you keep doing it, but it's not kind of getting where you want to be. And so now's the time to kind of just get someone to kind of give this some structure based on where you are, what your situation is and what your you know core needs are yeah, and your preferences as well. Yeah. That's what we do on our program. I mean, very often, especially my American patients, when they fill in their questionnaire, as they all do before they have a consultation, some of them have got a dozen or more supplements that they're taking. Right. And they don't need to be taking all of those. You know, they can, some of them, they've just read about something helps with this, something helps mm. with that. And so they gather them like squirrels gather nuts and right. they keep taking them. So yeah. we kind of find, like, what's the irreducible minimum you need to take right. to get the maximum benefit? And that's what we're, that's what we're looking at. Yeah, and when we talk about supplementation, we've got to also realize that your liver and your kidneys can only process but so much. Exactly. And then you're going to wind up with very expensive urine. So exactly. it, it's it's <laughs> important to know why you're taking the supplement, what drug interactions that that particular supplement may have, and is it actually for you in terms of what your condition and your desires and wishes are in terms of your own health, wellness and healing. Yeah, that's, so, as we, so that's where the one to one comes in. So what we've got right. is we have a whole raft of tools. We've got a self-help program. We've got a free midlife refuel community with yeah. masses of self-help material in it. For people that suffer mildly to moderately or they want prevention, that's probably perfectly adequate. But for someone who's really feeling like they've been bowled over by their hormones, they need to fill in a questionnaire and diet diary. They need, as you said, proper one-to-one -one and hand-holding. And we take them through this whole program and look after them so they're part of our family and they come out the end of the um, process feeling better than they can remember, not just yeah. symptom-free, but better than they dared ever dream they could feel. And right. back to their normal sexy self, even if they've had vaginal dryness and they haven't been able to have sex because it's too painful or they lost their libido our relationship survey showed that over 70 percent of women couldn't even have an orgasm wow. you know they were just 
it it's so awful to even and they don't talk about it even to their best friends you know some mm-hmm. of them their vagina was so painful that they were bleeding oh wow you know, let alone being able to have comfortable relationships but once you go through this process and you put back into your body what time and nature has taken out and you get the balance right your body comes back to you in the yes. way that you'd like it to and so you can have you can feel like a normal sexy person again and get back to having a comfortable relationship and I think when people come to understand that they breathe a massive massive sigh of relief and so do their partners and they go through this together and just find well-being again so that they can get on with the rest of their lives and have fun and enjoyment. Yes absolutely and I I want to go back to the supplementation aspect because I want you know people to understand that supplementation is sometimes necessary to bridge some of those gaps for those, even if it doesn't mean long-term, just to bridge some of the gaps until you can kind of get to to threshold from that deficiency. Are there any specific supplements that menopausal women should take and which vitamins and minerals are essential and why? Well, I think we certainly found in our research, as I said, that magnesium was probably the most common deficiency and B vitamins, Uh, chromium we're born with a tiny little amount of it's a trace mineral it's necessary for normal blood glucose that's one that usually hits the bin quite early zinc is important vitamin d essential fatty acids they're just calcium there's just so many and it's because so many supplements are not regulated and they're not Mm -hmm. standardized even which means that the pot you buy this month won't necessarily be the same as the pot you buy next month. Right, right. <laughs> Very. We do have specific supplements that recommend, and I talk about that in Chapter 4 in my latest book. Okay. And I laid it out in a way that people can actually take what they feel they need to take according to their symptoms. So everyone gets to take a good, strong multivitamin and mineral, mm-hmm. and then everyone gets to take probably one of the supplements that contain naturally occurring estrogen because I like to have them do that at night because then that keeps the receptor sites full during the night and then depending on whether you've got aches and pains and whether you've got fatigue or anxiety or what you know headaches or whatever it happens to be brain Mm -hmm. fog will depend on which other supplements you need to take and so it's finding the small selection of supplements that are going to help your key symptoms and normally what happens is it takes about three months to correct nutritional deficiencies and as I said it's a five-month program really so people do need to carry on taking their supplements for a while and then what we do is we look at in the long term in the maintenance plan what's the irreducible minimum so if I use myself as an example I took some supplements when I was going through my early menopause because I did have an early menopause. I was going through a divorce and it was very stressful. We had all sorts of stressful things going on in our lives. And I think that tipped me over the edge. Mm. And I did take some supplements specifically for my symptoms. Once I overcame the symptoms, I didn't suddenly come off everything. I tailed them down. Right. And then sometimes, for example, then I came off them because when you feel well you think well I don't really need to do this but that's probably a mistake not the good um, idea <laughs> More maintenance base, you know to help you feel good right so for example I don't have aching joints as a rule but occasionally I might get an ache or a pain and then I'll go back and take some of my fish oils or whatever you know whatever it was equally I don't get bladder problems but I've got something in the cupboard if I do feel a little twinge I know I can go and take that to help reduce the bacteria in my bladder and my urethra so I can over, you know, fast track it. So right. really learning about what works for you in the short term and then what you need in the way of first aid, if you like, mm-hmm. for the longer term. And some of the things you go on taking on a daily basis. So, right. for example, people who are constipated may need to take extra magnesium. But what I don't want is people to think that this go and take magnesium and that's going to be all you need to do. Everything. That's the panacea, right. (laughs) I describe my program like a pie. Mm -hmm. It's a whole pie and it's cut into segments, as I described to you, and you need to take a bite of each to get the the benefit and maximize your well-being. It isn't, unfortunately, a magic pill, but the whole thing together is a really effective program. Yeah, it's a whole part that's addressing the whole person and aspects yeah. of the mental, the physical, the emotional, and the different aspects, not just those isolated chunks that seem to be operating in deficiency or excess. Yes. 
Are there any herbal remedies that you recommend? And I know they're detailed in the book, but are there any that you recommend right offhand? Yeah, there are lots of herbal remedies. And um, again, for particular things. So for example, um, there's been a lot of research on black cohosh, Mm. hot flushes. Um, In Germany, the doctors prescribe St. John's wort more commonly Mm -hmm. than antidepressants because it's been shown to help with not just hot flushes and night sweats, but it's been shown to help with depression as well, uh, seasonal affective disorder. Um, There are lots of lovely herbs that help to reduce cholesterol and anxiety. So things like uh, ashwagandha, Mm -hmm. basil and rhodiola, those kind of things. So there's lots of different things. I don't want people to run out and just buy one thing, though. Please don't. (laughs) That is not the suggestion. But all I'm saying is that all the supplements we recommend are standardized and they have been through properly conducted clinical trials. You may go out and buy a multivitamin and mineral that doesn't contain what it says on the label. On the other hand, you may buy something really good that is going to deliver the goods. And it's really, if you're going to invest your money, you want to make sure that you're investing it in those things that have been shown to be not just effective, but also not downright dangerous. You know, you don't want, what we're doing when we're influencing our hormones, even naturally, is we stand a chance of influencing them in a way that could have an adverse effect on our uterus and our breast tissue, just as drugs and hormones have been shown to do sometimes. So we need to be responsible about it and make sure that we're t- we know what we're taking into our body and that it has been shown to be really safe and effective. There's a, uh, a wonderful product called Feminescence Macapores, which is made from organic Peruvian maca root. Mm. And that's been shown to normalize hormone function in the body. And it really is a good thing to take to at any stage of your menopause but if you just take the maca that's in that and compare it to maca in other products they've done analyses to show that the other products very often don't do it do you know? therapeutic yeah where and yeah. the same for red clover you know mm-hmm. there are some that are made from the wrong bits of the plant or right you know they don't they're just not standardized and so it's a tricky area to navigate right and i think a lot of times some of those products you know that ingredient is included in the product, but it's not at a therapeutic value. And the rest of the ingredients are a bunch of fillers, which can be carcinogenic in nature okay. some, sometimes. So yes, that you know, active ingredient is in there, but it's in there in a, in a form, in a sense that is going to actually, um, actually provide a, a therapeutic solution or a therapeutic value um, in addressing the condition that you're actually using it for. Yes, absolutely. And I think you, you, that's why you need to be mindful and make wise choices. So right. as I said, I have named the things that we mainly recommend in the book. Okay. And, um, it's, yeah, it's it's just really, we're missing, we've got no, <laughs> no roadmap, as I said. Right. And so we need to arm ourselves with good knowledge at this point in our lives. The earlier, the better. If you right. can do it in your early 40s, then my PMS patients who came back to get help for menopause, didn't go down the big black hole because yeah. they were already learning to meet their needs. And therefore mm-hmm. we just needed to tweak what they were doing. So the earlier you learn to meet your needs, the better. If you've right. already passed menopause and you're thinking, well, I'm 60 and is there's no hope for me? That's not true at all. Cause it's never too yeah. late to right. get yourself started on this program and get yourself back into really good shape. So what specific questions should a woman ask when she's making a decision regarding whether a natural solution to addressing her menopausal symptoms is right for her, take into account her personal and her family medical history? Well, I'd go back to Maimonides and say that anything that could be treated naturally should be. So I think the first base is to do everything you can, learn about how to get yourself into really good shape, either through self-help means or get someone to help you um, come on our program if you want to or find somebody else to help you. That's the first thing, because yeah. my experience is that even in the space of weeks, most symptoms are not the symptoms below the waist. They take longer, uh, right. but most symptoms are under control or are much relieved, even in the space of weeks. And therefore, once you come out the end of this, for example, we had um, I bumped into I was in London and I had a, a networking event and I just happened to be leaving at the same time as this woman and we got chatting. And she turned out to be a person called Dr. Vivian McVeigh, who was a GP for 20 years. 
And then she became the CEO of Virgin Care. And she was looking after 5,000 nurses in the workplace during, this was before COVID. So, but then I stayed in touch with her. So she tried hormone replacement therapy three times and it didn't work for her. So Mm -hmm. I said, come on our program as I do. And she did. And even within three weeks, her symptoms went. And this is three years later, she still has no symptoms. She was so overjoyed by her transformation that she invited us into the workplace to help the nurses during the pandemic. So Mm. we, you know, helped a lot in workplaces to help women to be productive and well again, because we know so many people are bombing out and and needlessly. And so it's a great story that, you know, if you learn to meet your needs as a woman, sometimes you can actually pass that on to a number of other women as well. And, you know, it helps to increase everybody's knowledge base and their wisdom. And I think that it's there's just no substitute for being armed with proper information and support as you go through what is, after all, only a transition. This is not a serious medical condition. It isn't the end of life as you knew it. It's just like puberty was at the other end. You know, you go through this phase and you need to learn how to manage it. Yeah, absolutely. Are there any other additional resources you suggest for our listeners who are interested in exploring ways to manage their menopause naturally without pharmaceutical interventions? Well, we have our Midlife Refuel Club and people can access that by going to my website, uh, marionstuart.com, femar.com, and they can find the Midlife Refuel Club there. I can give you the link so they can go straight through to that. As I said, there's tons of free resources in there. I've made literally over 100 films. Okay. And um, we'll include all those in the show notes, webinars. Yeah. And uh, downloads. If you, you can detect and correct nutritional deficiencies, all of that stuff is in there. We're just about to put our new app into beta testing. So that'll be available very soon. And that okay. will have even more information in there. So that's probably the first port of call. And then to decide if you're really serious, get a copy of Manage Your Menopause Naturally. If you want some help, get in touch and we can provide help in the form of a program, whether you're in or out of the workplace. If you are in the workplace and you want some help, then we can, we normally go in and do webinars for men and women. And men, we did a global well-being webinar for Cisco a few years ago, um, and they involved men for the first time. Okay. And they had incredible feedback afterwards. The global well-being director said it was the best health initiative they'd ever run they had the best response and the men felt really empowered having knowledge and it was demystified for them so they knew how to support (laughs) women in the workplace they knew there was hope with their partners at home and it didn't feel because we did a survey on men and they felt really rejected and frustrated and scared because it felt like they were living with a stranger Mm, yeah I'm sure that happens with this the woman as well that she's living you know as a stranger to in her own body. So exactly. She I can understand often. how that could definitely affect a marriage or a partnership too. Yeah. Women say they feel like they've been invaded by an alien. And yeah. that really does. Um, it is very scary if you don't know there's a solution. Absolutely. So before we sign off, any parting words of wisdom? Well, I just think having hope is the most um, important thing. And knowing that there is a solution What we try and do is stay abreast of all the research because we specialize in bringing that research together and putting it into usable form. And we are collecting new research all the time. There's lovely research being published. It's always music to my ears when I see these new publications that show there are even more ways of managing our health naturally and helping us to go forward with confidence and balance in so many senses, you know, not just physical balance, but emotional and mental balance so that we can stay in the driving seat and be the people that we were meant to be in our lives. Excellent. So thank you so much, Marion. And remember, help is on the way. Thank you. Thanks for joining Women's Health Wisdom and Wine. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Think about one gem you can take away from this episode and apply it to your own life. Also, remember to follow us, review us, and give us five stars. Till we meet again, remember, nourish your flourish.